Welcome to Matinee with Matt, the ultimate rendezvous for all things entertainment. My name is Matt Kreeth, a film critic, and I'm joined weekly by my husband, Michael. Not so much a film critic. So grab your popcorn as we dive headfirst into the world of movies, TV shows, books, and beyond. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Matinee with Matt, another special episode of Matinee with Matt. Wouldn't you agree, Michael? Because we are cranking out the special guests left and right. <laughs> we seem to. Um, uh, yes. Now this is uh, back-to-back weeks of uh, interviews, so that's nice. Maybe it is becoming the norm then, and these are less special episodes. Yeah, I hope so. Mm. Although next week we do promise we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming and have an entire episode dedicated to uh, the holidays and Hallmark Christmas movies. And yes, we're going to be I've been doing putting a little in, deep dive into that next week. Yeah, I've been I'm putting excited. in a lot of work there. I'll bet because it's one of your favorite movie genres is Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> Well, also because my mom got the, she paid for the year of like the Hallmark streaming app. So now I can just watch all the Christmas movies. So I've been digging through all of those ones that Blake Shelton is a producer of, um, of all things. I know, I know. I'll have to talk about it next week, but yeah. So anyways, I'm doing, I'm doing the Lord's work there and just watching a lot of Hallmark movies. No pun intended for Christmas coming up. Well, this was also a very interesting week because we had a lot of the nominations come out for the Golden Globes, for the Critics' Choice Awards, everything we kind of talked about a couple of weeks back. And they seem to be pretty standard, which is very interesting for the Golden Globes because, as we kind of talked about a few weeks ago, they had a huge change in their membership, the, the people that are actually voting on the Golden Globes. And in years past, uh, there are always like these big surprises and weird nominations for people that you would have never thought would get acting nominations and and movies and TV shows that would get nominations for like best comedy and, and whatnot. And this year, there weren't a ton of surprises. It was kind of across the board uh, in line with a lot of the critics groups that have come out with a lot of their uh, nominations. So did you get a chance to, to review some of those uh, this week? I've just seen like the sizzle reels like Netflix put out of like mm-hmm. how many of their shows were nominated and things like that. And I, obviously people on Instagram posting about their nominations. Is it a good, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they are following the trend and that there's not any wild surprises. Yeah, for sure. I just think that like in looking at the list, so yeah. So for the golden globes, like Barbie is all over the place, um, leading a lot of the nominations as is uh, Poor Things with Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo and Oppenheimer. Uh, so a lot of the ones that kind of keep coming up a lot of times, a lot of the movies everybody saw this year, a lot of the movies that everybody's excited for uh, in December that that's still coming out, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, there were uh, some little surprises where uh, for the Golden Globes in their Best Motion Picture Drama category, they did nominate um, The Zone of Interest and Anatomy of a Fall, which are two foreign films, uh, which is very interesting for for that uh, voting body to have nominated that. Um, I think it might be a first uh, for the Golden Globes to have nominated 
uh, more than one international feature for for best motion picture drama. So that's pretty cool. I did really like Anatomy of a Fall, so I'm glad to see that that they're recognizing that. Critics' Choice Awards were pretty similar as well. So, I mean, I guess it's probably like a good thing, but because it probably is a good chance, there's a good chance that a lot of these movies will show up in Oscar nominations as well. Um, and a lot of the actors and actresses that are nominated. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of like a surprise. The Golden Globes have always been some of my favorite award shows in the past because all the celebrities just get drunk and, and really enjoy themselves. And if it's the same people we've kind of seen at every single award show, um, I don't know. It might get a little old, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to watch these next month and, and uh, see who wins and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. The only the only big surprise that I kind of saw was uh, the Golden Globes. They separated out uh, between best motion picture drama and musical or comedy as a separate category. And the big kind of musical that's coming out this month, which we've watched already, which is The Color Purple, and that was not uh, yes. nominated for best musical or comedy. So it's uh, uh, a little interesting. I I am not. Uh, I think my review is still embargoed. I'm not allowed to say my full thoughts about that movie yet, but let's just say it's not a huge surprise that it wasn't nominated for Best Motion Picture, um, even in the musical category. Um, but I'll let that go for now <laughs> until my yeah. whole review comes out of that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, everybody has to stay tuned and watch the award shows next month. Yeah. But aside from award season news updates, we did have a great interview that is part of this episode with director Bill Oliver, who directed and co-wrote a movie called Our Son with Billy Porter and Luke Evans. They're uh, both starring in that movie. And uh, it's a, a very small kind of independent feature, but you know these are, are, are big name actors and we were really excited to to screen that movie and and uh, talk to Bill. Um, what did you think of the the interview? I well, I mean, I liked it and I liked the film. I think if it is a small independent feature film, it definitely didn't. The production value of it did not feel that small and like yeah. indie vibe. Like it, I'm surprised it's not having a larger, wider release, but. Um, <laughs> could be the topic, could be the, uh, you know, target audience there, but I really like, I liked the movie. It definitely thought it was going to be a bit of a downer. And I mean, there are definitely parts of it that are a bit of a downer. Um, overall, I think they did a really, really good job of telling the story that genuinely feels like the most raw and natural kind of way to tell the story. So yeah, I'm excited to, uh, excited for folks to see it and check it out. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that the folks behind it and our conversation with Bill, like definitely had a, a strong vision for the story that they wanted to share. And I think they nailed it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and for those that, that don't know about our son or haven't seen it yet, it, it did have a select theater run up for a little while in, in theaters, um, but now it is going to be available on demand uh, for streaming audiences to view. Uh, starting December 15th. And our son is uh, starring Luke Evans and Billy Porter as a married couple who end up going through a divorce. And 
a very harsh kind of custody battle over their young son. And it is a very interesting story because we don't often get to see the other side of same-sex marriage uh, in in movies and TV shows, meaning the divorce part of it. Uh, we don't uh, really hear about divorce statistics a lot with uh, gay couples. And yeah, what is what was that movie that was just about a divorce with Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver? Hello, Marriage Story. Yeah, this is yeah. kind of like Marriage Story, but for the gays. <laughs> yeah, but also I think better. <laughs> yeah, well, Marriage yeah. Story was way i i have a lot of thoughts on marriage story i liked it it was very dramatic and for for good reasons it was dramatic but um it was just a lot of anger and a lot of yelling and this our son is much more subdued much more reserved and billy porter gives a really great performance in it and uh i think audiences should uh, should check it out um but before they do they should listen to our interview with bill oliver so uh check that out here Hi, Bill. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. I'm sure you've got a, a big day planned of a lot of these interviews, so we really appreciate your your time today. Of course, thank you. Um, so I actually spoke to you uh, earlier this year about our son when it hit Tribeca, and uh, so thank you so much for for joining us today. Uh, we have a podcast called Matinee with Matt that uh, my husband Michael and I started, and uh, we like to talk a lot about uh, different movies that are coming out, different TV shows, pop culture, and also LGBTQ plus issues. So we are uh, very thankful for you to join us today because your movie kind of covers a lot of it. So, <laughs> um, uh, so our son it uh, debuted at, at Tribeca. What's what's happened since? Uh, how's that how's that ride been for you and and the cast? Uh, it's been great. Um, after Tribeca, we. Um, went to Provincetown and Frameline in San Francisco, and then uh, it played at a bunch of um, more regional uh, queer film festivals in the U.S. Um, and a few internationally, um, some non-queer festivals. Um, we spent a week in Italy in Florence at their queer film festival, which is 20 years old, and wow. very resonant with them because they're having uh, their government is has passed laws making it very difficult for gay couples to have children. So this was like particularly topical for them, and they were just so appreciative of the movie. It was it was really special. I was interested in the. Uh, a, I'm curious, how did you come about this story? I, I know you're one of the writers. Because I was talking to Matt about this, and I think that we're either at this generation where I was like, I, growing up, I mean, I was in my mid-30s, didn't know any friends that had gay parents, like, at that at my age range. And so, like, gay divorce was not something that impacted my, like, childhood or classroom. And so I'm curious, you know, what, what drew you to the, this project and finding that topic? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, after our first movie, my writing partner and I, um, who have a long-term collaboration and we're both gay, we wanted to make a queer film, you know, that something that we wanted to see that we weren't seeing out there, which is sort of just more about the everyday lives of queer people, temporary setting. And the idea of divorce was exciting because we hadn't seen that before. And, um, you know, it, um, 
it um, allowed us to kind of move beyond coming out and first love and and show something a little bit more mature and maybe even like ahead of where a lot of the world is to kind of sort of put forth a kind of progressive model um, just to show this in a very kind of matter of fact way, this gay couple uh, going through a divorce like like any other couple. And it allowed us to kind of put you know, tell a story in a domestic space, um, kind of show queer domesticity because, you know, so many, you know, queer people and queer characters in movies are associated with public spaces and bars and clubs and marches and it's in. And so, you know, for me, um, as a filmmaker, I'm always drawn to the, to the home space and fascinated by family dynamics. So I was like, so excited to be able to make this. I texted, I was, I watched it last night and I was texting with Matt about it. And that was one of the, I said like, are, are we the like minority or group? Because it, you don't, you don't see the domestic life in film like that. I mean, I think about the one that hit mainstream in the movie bros and I'm like, okay, great. It's all about d- dating and grinder. But this, like this story, while it is, I mean, it is sad. I was sad at the end, but like it was still really, really meaningful to see. And I felt great after the film. Their family life at the beginning was so relatable. Uh, you know, you get up, take care of your kid. Somebody's doing, you know, homework duty and all the things. And so I really do appreciate you taking that lens because it isn't shown in film often. It's usually the party scene or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm I'm also I am a parent myself, so I I was a sperm donor to a lesbian couple um, like about 20 years ago, and I helped them raise two sons. So uh, those parenting scenes, you know, I come from personal experience. So I was able to draw on that, that personal experience, and and also to kind of you know uh, express some of the feelings and thoughts I had about the whole thing, because you know, as a gay man, you know, especially at that time, uh, we didn't know many other people doing it. I couldn't talk to anyone who'd done it. It was all new. And I, you know, I never thought that I would have children. So it just brings up so many things. And um, it was a way to explore that through these two, two fathers, um, you know, who have different parenting styles. And uh, so that part was really interesting for me. And speaking of those two fathers, so we have Luke Evans, uh, who plays Nikki and Billy Porter, who plays uh, Gabriel. And they are going through a divorce and they're out fighting over custody of their young son, Owen. Um, I did catch Billy Porter on The View uh, this week. And um, I know he was on there promoting our son and also his album. But um, he he did mention on his appearance on The View about uh, the importance of, of telling queer stories and um, how important it was for him to have um be in a film where the two leads of the film that are playing queer men are queer themselves as actors um in real life uh how important was it for you to cast uh, queer actors for these roles and why is it important for me for this particular film it was very important because i wanted the film to feel very authentic very real very lived in so that was um, a goal for all the characters that they be portrayed, the gay characters be portrayed by gay actors. And, you know, it's hard because, um, you know, it, it, that narrows the pool, uh, especially when you need big names to get your movie made, which is something a lot of people don't understand about the movie business and the whole controversy about, um, you know, openly gay actors playing gay parts. It's, it's complex and we 
absolutely need to move towards that. And I'm happy that this movie contributes to that progress. And it does say something about the progress we've made in the industry that there that these two actors are able to be out and still working and still, you know, um, starring in things. And um, but there's more progress to be made. So I wanted, you know, making a small movie allows you to, you know, you're one of the benefits is you don't have as many pressures from studios and money and like you can you can use that as an opportunity to to help make change and 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 contribute to that progress so i'm very proud of that fact what really struck me about our son and i and i talked to you a little bit about this uh when when the movie was in tribeca you focused a lot on the story revolving around the friends of of um, this couple particularly andrew rannells who's in the film he has a line, and I wrote it down, it says, when Owen was born, Gabriel fell in love, and you fell by the wayside. And he's telling that to Nikki, to Luke Evans' character. Was it, you know, what what would you love for audiences to take away from this film in general about, uh, you know, the, the friends of this gay couple? Because as gay men ourselves, um, we know that family is obviously important, but we have a chosen family of friends as well that have surrounded our, our lives and, and support us. Um, have you had the same for your own personal life? And, and what, how does that translate into the script as well? Um, as queer men, we understand chosen family and the importance of chosen family. And, um, you know, the movie is about layers of family. That's the families we come from, the families we choose and the families we create. And, but the chosen family aspect is, was really one of the most important parts for me because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still evolving for me, you know, um, uh, the importance of my friends and of chosen family and of the queer community. I think, you know, it's, it's a journey. It's sort of. And it's not necessarily a rejection of where you come from because I'm close with my biological family, but a lot of people aren't. Um, a lot of pe queer people and other minority groups are rejected by society and their own biological families. So for them, it's crucial. But, you know, just the, um, even if it's not sort of necessary in a sort of uh, life or death kind of way, it's, it's so uh, powerful and, um, and magical and healing and uh to really find that connection uh from community and from friends and we don't take that for granted so it's friendship is universal but i do think there's just a special resonance and so that you know that scene where they're all sitting around talking and um with andrew reynolds was like you know that that i just wanted that to seem to be a simply about friends talking and it was kind of inspired by this movie an unmarried woman which was by paul mazursky which oh yeah you before with joe clayberg which is was one of the first movies of just to have a scenes like that of just women talking you know just this like they're just lounging on the bed talking it it does not advance the plot in any way <laughs> talking about women in society and it's just so real and so just just inspiring so um yeah that that was definitely a big part of the movie but not easy to get in there when you're telling a 90 minute film that has to tell the story of the divorce and it has a plot you know so but um i was happy with the balance that we struck and honestly i mean i think that you the balance was struck really well because 
uh, his chosen family and his friends had some very difficult conversations and eye-opening things to to share with the character. But then also, I really appreciated you you showed the impact of this uh, situation on the bio on his biological family, and so you were really able to see that you know difference between you know your chosen family, your biological family, and how he's supported you know differently and being told what what he needs to hear, whether if it's easy to hear or not. What is, I know we're going to about to be at time. And so I want to, I want to wrap up with a, a, a nice soundbite from you on, you know, <laughs> this movie is going to be um, out. And what is the one thing that you want, you know, the message that you hope audience members leave feeling and knowing after seeing this? Well, yeah, um, you know, Billy wrote a beautiful original song for the film called Always Be My Man, which uh, yeah. it's, in- it's in the credits, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, this song is coming out, uh, December 29th, of course it's coming out with the film. I think it's, it's Oscar worthy. Um, but he's so brilliant and he sings it as a duet with, with Luke, but it, it captures the feeling that we want people to have leaving the movie, which is, I think, like you said, it was, it is a very sad film, but you know, there's, there's so much suffering and conflict in the world that it's a movie about conflict, but it's really about sort of how we can rise above it and to me it's a celebration of the power of friendship like we were talking about and community and connection and family and all its forms whatever that means to you and um you know that's something that we talked about throughout the process that we wanted people to have a feeling of 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 hope and optimism and and you know positivity it's positivity sort of you know, it's a sad film, but we wanted to have a positive message. Well, thank you, Bill. And if any awards voters are listening, uh, Billy's song is uh, is uh, going to be available later this month. And also their performances are so great in this movie. And I hope that they get a, a little bit more attention than, than, they, than they've gotten um, so far. So um, thank you, Bill, so much for joining us uh, today. And I hope you have a, a, a good rest of your day and uh look out for our son coming out on video on demand on december 15th thank you all right are you ready for our go on segment i am all right well this is go on the segment where one of us educates the other about interesting things in the culture, unearthing hidden gems, and little-known trivia from the world of entertainment. And because of our conversation with Bill Oliver from Our Son, uh, the entire premise of the movie surrounds a divorce, a very heated divorce. And so I mm-hmm. wanted to look up some fun little divorce statistics for you. I don't know if there's any fun divorce <laughs> statistics. There is there, no fun divorce go statistics. Go on. You're absolutely <laughs> correct there. But so you know the the old kind of famous statistic that half of all marriages end in divorce. Is that still a true statistic? Well, why don't you say go on? Go on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it is pretty much true but it is actually only true for first marriages, which half of which are dissolved when it comes to like second and third marriages that actually, they actually fail at a far higher rate. And that's according to Forbes magazine. So they are tracking, I guess, money, but, um, but 
divorces as well, apparently. And that's for all marriages. That's not specific to straight couples or same sex or anything like that, but that's all marriages. So I thought that was really interesting. We always think that half of all marriages end in divorce, but actually that's first marriages. We know a lot of people that are on second and third marriages sometimes in life. Which is more likely to end in a divorce. But we hope so. We hope not for the people that we know that are on their second marriages at this point in their life, but um, but it does tend to happen, I guess, at a higher rate. So that is interesting. my okay. <laughs> interesting statistic for, for the day. I hope that doesn't put a downer on everybody's rest of their day. There you go. Yeah, it's not your fun fact. Don't worry. We're going to bring this party back up next week with uh, Hallmark holiday movies. Yes. So we'll... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll bring in some holiday spirit there, but we've had a interesting couple of, th- couple of downer episodes here, but we we promised to to bring it up a little bit next week. Interesting fact. Well, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, the more you know, and uh, and thank you again to director Bill Oliver for joining us today on this episode of Matinee with Matt. Please check out Our Sons streaming on demand now. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe for more and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Matinee with Matt to stay updated on all things film, television, and pop culture. That's a wrap. <laughs>